Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode two, Fall Away. Make sure you have listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track two off 21 Pilots. So, unfortunately, compared to a lot of the literature podcasts that I'm used to listening to, there's not much background or fun facts for each of these individual songs, so usually I'm probably going to just jump right into the song analysis, like today. So, without further ado, here we go. So, I think Fall Away is a really good follow-up to Implicit Demand for Proof, where we talked a lot about doubt and how that relates in our faith with God, in our relationship with God. And Fall Away is kind of playing off of that, and we're now going into talking more about what does that doubt now mean in the context of faith for Tyler and for us. And kind of more in detail, a lot of these sinful tendencies that Tyler tends to have. There's also, I found, a theme of control in this song, which I thought was really cool because I have been doing a devotional on control this week with a few girls from my church. So that was cool that this all tied in. It was very timely. So that's exciting. Anyways, the intro of the song is basically the repeating line, I don't want to fall, fall away. And he alternates between saying that and saying, I'll keep the lights on in this place because I don't want to fall, fall away. And that goes on for some time in the beginning and near the end of the song and I think a little bit throughout the song as well. So it's basically the chorus. And I really like this as the repeating phrase because it's that fear of, again, playing off of the doubt that implicit demand set up now talking about that fear of losing faith because of the doubt that's been present. Even though we know, obviously, with salvation and with Jesus, that's not necessarily possible as believers. But still, just as humans in our human, I guess, rationale, it is hard for us sometimes to wrap our minds about around, sorry, around God's unconditional love and the idea that no matter what we do, he still loves us. I know that is really hard to just wrap our minds around because in all other senses and every other relationship we have, everything tends to be so conditional. And if you hurt someone, sometimes it's hard for them not to hold it against you or things like that. I know I've definitely struggled with trying not to keep a record of wrongs against people sometimes, which is my own fault, but um, it can be hard when we are instinctively just human and broken and obviously we can't have the capacity to love unconditionally and we can't understand that. So I think ultimately this expression of I don't want to fall, fall away comes from just not being able to wrap your mind around unconditional love and that permanence of our salvation that we don't really have in any other earthly things. You know, especially in the light of quarantine, like we understand that There's very little permanence in our earthly lives, and our situations have made that just more abundant. And then I like the other sentiment of, I'll keep the lights on in this place, and that idea of light versus dark, and wanting to 
bring God and address God in the midst of dark places so that the darkness doesn't just drown everything out. It also reminds me of that Dumbledore quote from Harry Potter, if anyone likes Harry Potter, um, about how happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if you just remember to turn on a light. And that idea and faith that if nothing else, we do have a pinprick of light in us no matter what because of the Holy Spirit that is within us, because of this unconditional eternal faith we have that's not based on our external circumstances, we can keep lights on, even if it means having to rely on the Bible. We have devices to allow us to keep lights on, even if our minds are in dark places, like Tyler kind of is throughout this song in particular. So going into verse one, um, compared to the last song, this is the first song with like full-on rap verses, so there's a lot here to unpack, which I'm really excited about. I think it's interesting that these sentiments are all wrapped out because they're very kind of fickle, I guess. I read them as just going back and forth between two main ideas with control. And I don't know, it just makes sense that they would be spoken aloud so quickly because it's almost like, yes, you want God to hear the thoughts, but it's also like he's trying to say it really fast because he's also like... I don't want you to dwell on it too much because obviously I'm sinning and I'm like, don't want to feel guilty. But anyway, okay, so the specific lyrics are, I disguise and I will lie and I will take my precious time as the days melt away as I stand in line and I die as I wait as I wait on my crime and I'll try to delay what you make of my life, but I don't want your way. I want mine. I'm dying and I'm trying, but believe me, I'm fine, but I'm lying. I'm so very far from fine. So let's break this down line by line. He starts off, I disguise and I will lie. And I like that he says disguise because it reminds me of masks and Tony and Pilots are known for wearing ski masks. A lot of times when they perform, they will wear them. And a mask isn't just to cover your face, but it has the implication of trying to blend in or kind of trying to hide your face, obviously, but this deeper implication of if you're wearing a mask, you don't want to be recognized. And I feel like that also has deeper implications of shame or guilt and not wanting to be seen straight on or for exactly who you are, like we know God does. And yet, in this moment, he's trying to disguise. He's trying to make himself less easily recognizable because of the things he's done that he knows are wrong. And along with that, he says, I will lie. Obviously, there's no point in lying to God because he knows everything. But at the same time, we are so prone to constantly avoid the truth or constantly pretend like we don't struggle with as many sins as we do or pretend that, oh, we can get along fine without you, God, or my plan's better or my timeline for my life is better and consistently lie to ourselves and to God, even though it's pointless. And obviously we end up, like Tyler does in the song, recognizing that it's pointless but yet it is something that we all struggle with so frequently regardless of how hurtful we we know it'll end up making us which is just the weird irony of being human I guess and then he follows that up with and I will take my precious time as the days melt away and this to me meant him taking his time as opposed to 
God taking his time. And this is where the idea of control starts to come in. He is using his time the way that he wants to, even though as the days melt away, you know, we get closer to death and that eternal future. That's inevitable. And yet, you know, when I think of taking your precious time, I just think of like, uh, don't rush me and how we want to be in control. We don't like feeling like we have to come up with things before we're ready or admit to things before we're ready. Like, we just want to take our precious time because we know best. (laughs) That kind of idea. But also, like, because the days are melting away and because the time is so precious, the fact that he's kind of on the fence with whether he's going to let God in control or not is also, like, he's taking his fleeting earthly time away from just giving it to God and ultimately resting in peace and security because even though it's counterintuitive giving up our control to God will make us a lot more happy and will be a lot more of a long-lasting joy than trying to just white knuckle our own schedule like I have done many times where you like plan out your whole week and you're like okay this is how it's gonna go and it's gonna be perfect and then of course the week actually pans out and it's not what you wanted it to be and then you're just like frustrated because you thought your plan would work but obviously it didn't. I know that's something I've struggled with a lot throughout college and even now as I continue to plan out my weeks and watch them fall apart because my plan is not foolproof and yeah it naturally falls through. So he continues on after that saying, as the days melt away, as I stand in line and I die as I wait, as I wait on my crime. Now I know like the initial song annotations say on Genius that stand in line, they relate it to the song, why am I blanking? March to the Sea. They relate the standing in a line to March to the Sea, but For me, when I think of stand in line, I think of Judgment Day and the idea that ultimately, with that eternal perspective in mind, even throughout our daily lives, like it's ultimately leading up to when our entire life will be held in front of us as we stand in line for God to judge it. And again, that idea of Judgment Day, whether or not that's what this refers to, is also backing up the point of how precious the time is and how necessary it is to repent of our sinful ways. And I die as I wait, as I wait on my crime. Back to this idea of his life is passing away as he tries to, I guess, see what his sentence is, even though we already know that sin deserves death. But then we already also know that we have salvation in Jesus to cover that. But it's also that irony of like, despite those facts, we still doubt those things of what our eternal future is sometimes. So kind of that, that those opposing ideas are like existing at the exact same time of what we know, what'll happen when we die as believers, and what our sin amounts to and what Jesus has done for our sin. But at the same time, like in this song, like sometimes we fall into fear and doubt of, but am I good enough? And I feel like even that question of am I good enough goes along with control and wanting to somehow master sin, even though we can't do that. And maybe Satan will tempt us and try to make us think that in our own wisdom, we can control our sins. We ultimately can't. 
so it's not really worth trying. Like, we just need to surrender, and yet we never believe that. And then the second half says, and I'll try to delay what you make of my life. Again, just avoiding God, not wanting to talk to God about how we're messing up, and potentially even trying to pretend that we're not messing up. But I don't want your way. I want mine. Again, we want control, not God. We innately think that our plans are better than God kept for us. And I'm dying. And I'm trying. So again, like, he's going back and forth. I don't want your way. I want mine. And I'm dying. And so, like, I need to give myself up. Yet I'm trying to, like, do things of my own plan. I'm trying to make my own works count, even though I know they can't. And then he says, but believe me, I'm fine. Like, even though I know that there's no point in me trying, I'm still doing that. But, like, just faking that sense of everything's okay, even though it's not trying to paint over something because you don't want to face the real answer, I guess. But I'm lying. He does admit that. Well, yes, he's trying to kind of say, I got this God. He knows that he doesn't. And that he's so very far from fine, which is how the verse ends out. So, yeah, there's a lot of going back and forth of like, okay, I know my time is precious, but also I'm going to pretend I know what I'm doing. And he just kind of keeps going back and forth between those things throughout the whole verse and throughout the whole song. Yeah, I think as I've been reading through this control devotional this week, it's become apparent to me that we all struggle with control and maybe in different ways, but kind of inevitable that will fall between okay god yeah i know i'm like ugh, it's been so gross being in my trying to control so like i want you to now but then like maybe even just the next day we'll start trying to control our own lives again and satan will convince us that we can do that and we're just constantly going back and forth with control whether it's with relationships whether it's with goals whether it's with the virus what we can do I don't know, just a lot of things. Control can be one of those sneaky sins that crops up in a lot of tiny ways that are part of our daily life and is definitely something to look out for. And then the pre-chorus is, and I, I can feel the pull begin. So kind of after all of this talk going back and forth about doubt and faith and control and surrender, sin and repentance, obviously with all of these juxtapositions of concepts he is expressing in this song. He is starting to feel weary because the two sides of sin and Satan and God are pulling on him and says, I feel my conscience wearing thin. I can tell that any, what's that one word? Any facades, great word, facade. <laughs> like he can tell that his facades are raining down and that the reality is he's struggling and he's sinning and he needs repentance. I can feel my conscience wearing thin. Trying to lie to myself isn't really helping any longer. It's actually hurting me. And my skin, it will start to break up and fall apart is the second half of that stanza. And I think that's a really interesting image. And besides the fact that it totally reminds me of Voldemort in the Deathly Hallows movie where he dies and his skin like flakes off like dandruff or something gross. I really like this image because I think it could just have a lot of meanings. When I think of skin, you know, you think of it being your physical image as a person. So if your physical image is going to break up and fall apart, Again, that definitely plays off the song's theme of 
you're trying really hard to come across as perfect or in control and that's eventually going to crumble and people are not just like people I mean I guess people will see that as well but you'll ultimately realize how broken you are despite trying all of that but also skin I don't know in general skin just seems like a very sensitive vulnerable thing to me and I mean you think about obviously for like (laughs) decency reasons like you cover up so many parts of your skin and in that way skin is very delicate and it's very vulnerable to think that the skin in this stanza is breaking up and falling apart if we're assuming that means all of it like all of the things that are covered quote-unquote even though again we know God is all-knowing But all these things we're masking are starting to come to light. And not just that, but they're being violently exposed. They're breaking up. They're falling apart. They're not things we can hold on to. They're not anything we can claim. Like our sin is gonna unravel one day or another, whether we want it to or not. Because it's a part of us. And no matter how hard we try to control things, one day the dam's gonna break. You know, one day we're gonna have to admit that we need help. Yeah, I've definitely, especially going to a Christian college, I've definitely known people in the past who are, like, very put together on the outside, and I was like that sometimes. And then eventually you're like, this is exhausting. You open up to someone, maybe you break down in front of someone, start sharing your heart with someone, and Even though that might be so hard in the moment, it ends up being the most rewarding thing because you're not trying to be fake anymore. And again, God loves the authenticity factor. And I think it's proof of how important authenticity is that in those moments, even though it's painful to be that vulnerable, when you finally break off your facades and are honest with people, you can usually like emotionally and physically literally start feeling that healing already beginning in those moments. And I think that's really cool. Um, because I've definitely felt that in my own life and this song reminds me of those moments where you finally just let go. So then we go into verse 2, the second rap, and again I'll just read the whole thing and then go through line by line because there's a lot here again. Every time I feel selfish ambition is taking my vision, my crime is my sentence, repentance is taking commission. It's taking a toll on my soul, I'm screaming submission, and I don't know if I am dying or living, because I will save face for name's sake, abuse grace, take aim to obtain a new name in a newer place, but my name is lame, I can't walk and I ain't the same, and my name became a new destiny to the grave. And there's a little bit more of truth in this stanza, where he's not just avoiding things, um, and he's starting to be a little more self-aware about his struggles. So it starts off pretty straightforward. Every time I feel selfish ambition is taking my vision, you know, that desire to control and be put together. My crime is my sentence. Repentance is taking commission. My crime is my sentence. Obviously, we know that the sentence for our sins or crimes is death. Again, like I talked about before. So it could mean, you know, as far as faith goes, crimes and sentence in that way. But I did also think of this as a double meaning of how just literarily, if we're talking about literal sentences, for Tyler, especially in these songs where he is very blatantly talking to God and talking about his sins and doubts, 
and the declaration of like I want to be in control I don't know if I believe in you like those kinds of like blunt things in a way I guess his literal sentences could be his crime of like he's speaking doubts and obviously doubts are not of God so in a way it could potentially refer to that as a double meaning and so because of this repentance is taking commission and I looked up commission it it has a lot of different definitions I'm assuming the way it's intended in this sense is is like a payment so repentance is taking the payment for his sins Instead of death, Jesus and the ability to repent is taking over as the new rice that takes place of death for the crimes. Um, But yeah, there were a lot of different um, definitions for commission that I found. I like this other one, how it says, it's more in the verb sense, but it says bring something newly produced, such as a factory machine, into working condition. And that brings another meaning, I guess, into you know, the purpose of repentance, of course, is to make something new and to allow us to cling back onto God instead of trying to take control or trying to run to those sins that we're used to running to. And so it says it's taking a toll on my soul. And at this point, that to me just really means how just trying to be in control, trying to cling to those sins is just getting so weary, being pulled in between those polar opposites of Satan and God. Like, spiritual warfare is real and it's exhausting, and especially with control, control itself is just incredibly exhausting. I can confirm that. (laughs) I'm screaming submission. So finally, he's like, okay, I've been going back and forth. Right now, I am asking God that you take over. And I don't know if I'm dying or living. Like, at this point, he's been back and forth so many times with his thoughts and his doubts and his faith that he's, like, just kind of confused at this point of, like, okay, I've just been going back and forth so much. Like, I don't know if at this rate, like, who's in control? I'm not entirely sure at this rate. Like, am I in control because I'm, like, singing this song? Or, like, am I really giving up submission and is God now in control? Am I just kind of that confusion of just going back and forth with your thoughts so much that you're just disoriented and like, ah, I don't even know anymore, you know? And sometimes if we process process things too much, we can just start getting confused in that way of like, okay, it's time to take a breather because I just don't even know anymore if I'm just going in circles with everything and that type of idea. That's what that line reminds me of. And then it says, because I will save face for name's sake. Like, because, like, maybe I'm dying, maybe I'm not in Christ's light because I do have this tendency to just really care about myself and my image. And then he says, abuse grace. I just feel like sometimes I will take advantage of the gift I've been given in salvation. Take aim to obtain a new name and a newer place. I wasn't entirely sure what this line meant. If it meant, okay, actually, I'm going to take time to come to Christ type thing with, like, a new name in God in a newer place like heaven, or I wasn't sure if it could mean, like, he's still holding on to his own control with, like, I think of, like, if you move somewhere new with people you don't really know, there's a slight selfish attraction to that because people aren't 
familiar with your issues. People aren't familiar with, if you're in a spiritual community, like people aren't really familiar with your sins yet. Your just selfish tendencies, controlling tendencies, whatever it might be. So I don't know, that's tricky. Let me know what you guys think, but that seems like one of those lines that could be either a good thing or a bad thing. But I think in that ambiguity, it proves how back and forth this entire song is and how, again, we're just at that point of confusion of like, is this, are these good things? Or are these bad things? We're not entirely sure. And I think the point is we're not supposed to be entirely sure. And that kind of adds to the ambiance of this section of the song, I guess. So well done, Tyler. <laughs> but my name is lame. I can't walk and I ain't the same. And I think because here's the but where he's acknowledging, okay, but my image isn't anything good, actually. I think that's why I was maybe leaning more towards the former line about take aim to obtain a new name in a newer place. I was kind of leaning towards that more being a negative thing, like the selfish new community that I was talking about. Because the but is right after it, where he shifts to acknowledging his brokenness and his sin. My name is lame. My image is very fractured. I can't save face. Are you kidding? <laughs> I can't walk, he says, and I ain't the same. And my name became a new destiny to the grave. And of course we know that despite how lame our image becomes in the face of sin, Satan, and death, we also know that they're going to be redeemed ultimately and give us new life and an eternal place of hope and joy with Christ in heaven. So it's our new destiny to the grave. Then again, it talks about, you know, feeling weary with his conscience wearing thin and everything, and then it fades out again with, I don't want to fall away. I'll keep the lights on in this place. And it fades out with some lingering la-da-das. <laughs> la-da-das. And that to me is, again, just emphasis of him trying throughout the song to make it seem more of a casual, like, yeah, whatever. I was just kind of like having these thoughts type thing when in reality, like, no, they're very heavy and very important thoughts to be having. They're, they can't just be a casual thing because ultimately in the doubts and sinful tendencies and control he's discussing with God, He's discussing his eternal future, basically, and that's the most important, serious thing we could possibly talk, be talking about, let alone in a song. So I really love that Tyler talked about all of this. Um, I think it's really important, and again, I think it flows really well with the previous song. I, yeah, there was a lot here, and I'm sure I missed stuff. But I really loved going through this in detail and it's really cool to like stop and really break apart the raps because sometimes they just have such a good flow that I just kind of let them flow over me without fully digesting them. So that was really nice as well. And it definitely just gives me a whole new appreciation for this song that I definitely didn't have before doing this podcast because there's so much there. There's so much in this song, and I love it. He's not avoiding anything. This was a lot of fun to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this song and this analysis, because there's a lot here and a lot of incredibly relevant stuff to our lives and our faith. And I'm really glad that he talked about it. Because, yeah, it's not fun to have doubts. It's not fun to be like, yeah, I'm actually being controlling right now, and I don't 
really want to do what you want me to do, God. Um, but again, he's inviting God into all of these hard feelings, and that is what makes all the difference in these situations. That's where the genuine faith comes in, that you're not turning away from God in these situations and these tendencies, but you're turning inward to God. I think that's really important. And he's just inspiring in the way he talks about him because he's so self-aware and willing to just drop it all at God's feet. So one of the many reasons I love Tyler Joseph, he's incredibly introspective and self-aware. And I'm curious if he's also an Enneagram 4, because I am, and I don't know, I just feel like he's a very introspective person, and I really love that, and it's something I've always aspired to as well, of just continually working on my faith with God by knowing myself as best I can in my sins and my tendencies, so that I can bring them to God as soon as I call them out, as soon as I see them, as soon as other people see them in me, you know, so... That all being said, I want to hear from you. So you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 pilot story or your favorite memory you have related to the band. I will be sure to start reading them at the end of each episode as soon as they start coming into the inbox. And if you would like to contribute to the analysis, especially because this one was chocked full, (laughs) you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. I look forward very much to hearing from all of you. Tune in next week for The Pantaloon. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, Entrench, you're not alone.